we flipped it and said, let's start focusing on the best fit accounts, then engage them and then turn them into customers. Let's focus on small and driving that into revenue. And that's pretty much what accountless marketing is. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today we have the chief evangelist, co-founder of Terminus, which is an account-based marketing software and founder of Flip My Funnel, Sangram. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I'm super pumped. We talked about this yesterday, and here I am. Right? <laughs> I know. Well, we ran into each other, and the fact that you would spend your time uh, with us is is awesome because you're on stages, traveling around the world, lead a huge podcast of your own, uh, and I, I, it just clicked to me that we have a world in EOS where we fill out a VTO, uh, we identify our ideal client with a geographic, demographic, psychographic. Um, and then what we're left to our own. We don't, we don't do a great job filling in what we do from there. And with what you are so passionate, and maybe that's where you can start is where did this passion come from? And then take us into account-based marketing. What is that? What does it mean? How do we do it? Just be our guru for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, so I'll start just to, just for folks to have a little bit of background, uh, for me. So prior to starting Terminus, I ran marketing at Pardot. Uh, for people who don't know about Pardot, Pardot was a marketing automation platform, and then we got acquired by Salesforce. So I spent two years at Salesforce, and man, what a learning it was, right? I mean, you talk about like an EOS system, like that's getting MBA, like, like no other place. And, and they have their own system called the V2Mom, vision, values, obstacles, methods, uh, the whole system around V2Mom, each letter stands for something. And right from Mark Benioff to everybody in the organization does that every single month, quarter, year. So it's, it's a fascinating way. He's still running it from like day one um, of the company. And, and then over there, I was faced with a really interesting challenge. Um, there, was a, there, there was a moment uh, when I was at Salesforce where we hit every single record there possibly was when it came to number of leads for driving the business and i was super pumped super excited we were high-fiving my whole team was excited we told the sales team like hey we blew the numbers off the gates like we're, we're super cool and then the next day the sales leader comes to me and said sangram what you did and what your team did is fantastic can you generate a thousand more leads next month and i just sank in my seat because i thought here we are, we just generated like 30,000 leads. And now we just want another thousand more leads. What am I, a coin operated lead machine? Like, you know, why are we not talking about, uh, like how do we drive more velocity in the deals? How do we not, why are we not talking about expanding these deal sizes so we don't have to get so much at the top of the funnel. Right. And it dawned on me at that time was that the title of the salespeople in most organizations, if you're in B2B, is a, is an account executive they care about the accounts the leads when marketing give them they don't even look at them they call it bullshit they, they they just run over it and they said we don't care because we care about the accounts we know how i'm going to meet my monthly or weekly or quarterly quota i know how to do that i don't need marketing's all these leads and thereby 
Forrester put out a research that says less than 1%, less than literally 1% of the leads turn into customers. Now think about that. If wow. you were in your organization, go and say, hey, 99% of what I do doesn't drive revenue, you'll be fired. Yeah. Right? And that's the state of marketing it is. So that's where ABM was born. Like if you, that's what five years ago, it hit me to the core. And I said, there gotta be a better way. And then we started this company, Terminus, and this idea around like, there gotta be a better way. We started this idea of Flip My Funnel, which is really taking the traditional funnel, which is broader at the top and narrow at the bottom, which gives you less than 1% leads into customers. We flipped it and said, let's start focusing on the best fit accounts, then engage them, and then turn them into customers. Let's focus on small and driving that into revenue. And that's pretty much what accountless marketing is. Well, that was a, <laughs> uh, a really simple idea. Yeah. And my reaction that I'm going to project on the behalf of the people listening is, but those few leads will never, you know, if I take, if I take a hundred leads and I can only get one, if I go after 10, I'm now scared that I'm going to get 0.1, right? Yeah. Like, so how do, how do we make that math work? Oh, that's a great question, Ben, because that's where the beauty is. That's where the magic is. Because when the, the reason out of 100 you get one is because we treat everybody the same. Like people send the same spammy emails to everybody and expect somebody to flow through. You start making cold calls to the same 100 companies and hopefully that one or two will convert. So you are not personalizing. It. You're not making it about them. So, so a typical, if you go after only 10 companies, a typical ABM campaign might look something like this. Imagine if you're going after Home Depot, all right? And you're going after their purchasing department. That's the department you want to sell to. So you know the company, you know the department that you want to go after. You essentially on your website will create a landing page that literally says company XYZ slash Home Depot. So you literally created a landing page for Home Depot. Now you run advertising to the people in purchasing department to come to that particular landing page. And you don't have to fill, fill the form or anything like that. You just make that page all about them, their problem, how you solve it. Chances are, if they see your ad and if they come to your website and if they see that there's a page dedicated to you, they will engage. They will, they will have more conversation with you. So what we see is Thomson Reuters, one of the, the, the companies that you know, most people know, um, I have them in my book because their win rate when they started doing ABM went up to 95%. And I got their even legal department to approve it. And the only reason that went was because they were doing this one-to-one -one campaigns. Those, if, that, if, if the dollar value of that company is that big enough, then you want to create personalized experiences. And we all know if somebody creates something personal to you, you're going to pay attention. If you, somebody sends you a direct mail, you're going to open it if it's just for you and it has your name on it or if it's so so for abm the key to make abm successful i love that you asked that question is really the personalization and you can't do personalization for 100 accounts at hmm. a time you can do for 10. so is there a is there a uh price of the sale like a revenue dollar that this makes sense and underneath it you need to keep the one to many yeah. less customized yeah, that's, a, that, that's another great question. I typically would say that, hey, if your digital size is about 50K and above, this makes like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this because even if you're not thinking, your sales team is thinking and that's how they're doing it. Mm. They are trying to figure out, get in. It's marketing whose job is to give that air cover to them. So for example, a salesperson is talking to, again, Home Depot, one person in the purchasing department, 
marketing, give them air cover with advertising, give them air cover with direct mail, give them air cover with maybe an event in Atlanta region where some of these customers and future customers can have dinner or something like that. So it's a combination, but if marketing is generating 30,000 leads, they're never thinking about this level of personalization. Like they would never do anything. They would just keep pumping money and getting tons of folks. And as soon as you say, no, 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 all you got is 10, figure it out. People will start being creative and start thinking about ways to get them engaged. Oh, and man, there are so many incredible examples. Well, I would think that, you know, your, your, your typical stage two entrepreneurial business owner, um, you're going to hit them with flip the funnel and they're going to be like, hell no. I need more leads. I need more leads. I need, right? They get nervous. They get, they have fear around that, right? So that's a, that's a little, that's a, that's a, that's a big mind shift, right? Into looking at it. So I, I, I imagine you have this proven process that where you can take them through so that they can, they can see and, and, and understand the value of that approach. Oh, totally. So I love, Benji knows this. I love creating frameworks. Frameworks is my jam. So everything I can do, I try to make it like turn it into a framework so people can use. So I got a really simple four step like framework on this. We call it the team framework. And it, it sounds good too, because you're really making sales and marketing as one team. Yeah. So it's target, engage, activate, and measure. T-E-A-M, target, engage, activate, and measure. So the way it works is like, you figure out who you're going to target first. So those 10, 20, 25 companies, you figure out how you're going to engage with them. So that's your either direct mail or advertising or email or call or videos. What is your target audience going to engage with? Because your audience is so different. Some, if you're targeting hospitals and nurses, they're probably not on their phone. Thankfully, they're doing their job. <laughs> direct mail is, is a Unlike that have. dentist we recently saw in the news who was on a hoverboard while uh, doing dental work on a patient. Did you see that? No. Yeah. That person might need a hoverboard as a direct mail. And you'd be totally onto your product, right? That's what I would do if I saw that. Uh, but, but, but you figure out what your customer or future customer needs and you start. So target is figure out who you want to go after. Yeah. Engage, figure out what will they engage with? What type of content, what type of channel you want to engage with? Because every customer is different. You got to figure that part out and then activate your sales team. This is the part I think marketing missed in the in the last decade or so. Marketing and sales just live in different worlds. That's marketing right. Qu- sales at quota and marketing has these numbers of leads. No, 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 it's one number. Get back to one number. Marketing exists in my view especially in B2B, to either incrementally or exponentially grow sales. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, we should be fired. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So that's that. And then M is for measurement. You just iteratively measure, like, what's working and what's not. So I literally say, you're right, Chris. It's scary because it challenges the fundamental belief system that most of us have grown up into. But once you, you start practicing it, you don't have to stop doing that. Like, let your lead gen machine work. Start taking a segment. Yeah. And say, you know what? I'm going to go after manufacturing companies. Let me find 10 manufacturing accounts and let apply the steam framework to it and see what happens. That's, That's right. what will be advice so that you don't stop the car from running. You just let it run so that it gives you peace, but start experimenting. And as soon as you start seeing success, man, you're going to love that. Attention all visionaries. Do you often feel frustrated by the lack of execution of your leadership team? Or are your company rocks not being completed? You have too many issues popping up that are slowing you down? 
It's time to ensure that you're maximizing your visionary integrator relationship. Achieve vibrant communication, high execution, and work shoulder to shoulder to drive your companies forward. Gino Wickman and Mark C. Winters collaborated to write Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business. The key for higher execution and increased accountability is making sure you have a strong integrator in place to build the rocket fuel that will drive your company's growth. Now you can level up your integrator's skills by enrolling them in the Rocket Fuel Integrator Academy Masterclass. You can head to rocketfuelnow.com to get started. The Integrator Academy Masterclass, led by Mark C. Winners, is the only place for integrators to go to become truly great. The Integrator Academy is in high demand, so be sure you're the first to find out when the next class opens up. You can head to rocketfuelnow.com, join the waitlist for the next Integrator Academy Masterclass. Where does the Terminus software fit into that? How does the how does your company help companies do that? Well, so I'll give a quick quick pitch on Terminus, right? You know, Terminus, we started with this idea of like, let's just figure out a way to help companies do that faster and more efficiently. So we are like a digital billboard. So if you tell us, you can literally come to us and say, here are the 50 companies we want to go after. If we close these 50 deals, we're going to meet our business goal. We will run advertising for you proactively. And that's the keyword, proactively, anywhere these company and the people in these companies go online, on LinkedIn, on ESPN or web, any website. So imagine a digital billboard in front of your target accounts anywhere they go. No longer you're waiting on Google, bunch right. of people finding you. You just go because you know who you're going after. That's the power of target, the first step, because you yeah. know who you want to go after. And then we give all the analytics. We can literally tell you, let's say, Ben, you say, you know what? Our target is Home Depot and Lowe's and Bank of America. We literally tell you per account how much money you spend on advertising, how much engagement you're getting. And as soon as you see anybody from that account coming to the website, we will alert your sales team. So now the sales team doesn't have to wait for somebody to fill up the form. Right. They know Home Depot came, came in. They already have the people's information. They just need to start picking up and start proactively getting in front of them. So our job is to make sales and marketing team super proactive when it comes to reaching out to the target accounts. You make it sound so obvious and easy. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's, the, it's the inch wide a mile deep, right? As opposed yeah. to the mile wide inch deep. Um, a lot of different analogies, but I like the, you know, target, engage, activate, and measure, you know. Um, I'm still kind of freaking out a little bit about Flip the Funnel, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, that... I'll tell you a quick story how Flip My Funnel actually started. Okay. You know, because that that's the one that... Uh, uh, so, uh, very quickly, I was on a flight from San Francisco to Atlanta. This was five years ago, right? And I was stuck in the middle seat and there was no wi-fi and there were two drunk people next to me and, that, and i was in an economy seat like like back of the bathroom yeah. they had a third level economy or and I, I got stuck in that so i was like oh my goodness what do i do like this five hours like how do you how do you what do you do and i didn't have a book with me that day i just i don't know what i was doing i was just freaking out so all i had was a napkin and a, 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 a pen so i was drawing the traditional funnel and out of pure curiosity, and I would say boredom, really, yeah. I would flip it. 
And I said, well, what if we're looking at the wrong way? Yes, it's decade, two, three decades old, but what if you're looking at the wrong way? And I flipped it and I wrote these new stages of the flip funnel. And I got super excited by the time I was done. So I wrote a blog, um, you know, without Wi-Fi. And as soon as I landed, I just published it on LinkedIn. Guess what? Five people liked it, which is going viral in the LinkedIn, like, you know, five years ago, that was yeah. going viral. Yeah. So five people liked it and they said, you should do an event on this thing. This sounds like a cool idea. And I was like, well, I don't know. So I started saying, all right, flip my funnel event. I got like 10 sponsors for that event. And since then we, and we have done like about 20 events now in the last five years and all paid for, all sponsored by all different companies because people wanted, or companies wanted to sponsor a movement as opposed to a product. Without a community, you're simply a commodity. Exactly. Really, yeah, like I really believe that, that that's how you used to get Salesforce created, Greenforce, like HubSpot yeah. created, Inbound, we think like we created with my funnel, and it really gives you a license to, to try different things, paint a picture, have a narrative, all these different things. But man, I, I love, like, I think that really was the birthplace, 30,000 feet, that's where Flip My Funnel was born and uh, just went with it. So Sangram, you guys have had tremendous success. Maybe you could speak to that for, for a second. What that growth path yeah. is, I think you said five years ago, this journey started. Um, t tell us about that because we are an entrepreneurial uh, community and love stories like that. So give us a little inside peek into that. So like just from a growth perspective, we went from, uh, from three founders to about, I think we are at 225 now. We have acquired two companies. Um, we, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of like thousands of customers. Um, and you know, we, we have raised over 30 million in revenue, uh, sorry, 30 million, 30 million, and we're about 30 million in revenue. So there's a lot of really, really good things happen. The, the community and the evangelism part, I wish people would take this super seriously. And you know, Ben, you mentioned something that, that when we met last, like yesterday, really uh, around the fact that you know, when you were trying to hire somebody that is non-revenue, it's really hard, Yeah. right? Like, because that just makes like, wait a minute, it's not a salesperson, doesn't have a quota. Like, you know, this person, he's gonna be a, I don't know, I'm gonna watch this person like a hawk because it's eating money and not producing anything, right? And I think that's like evangelist, right? Because you don't know what is, is this social post and I get the views and links, but is that really graphic revenue? You really don't know. But here's the thing. I interviewed on our podcast, Guy Kawasaki. Guy Kawasaki was the first actual technology chief evangelist in the industry, our industry that we all are familiar with for Apple. Yeah. And Steve Jobs hired him. And I asked him, like, why did, why did they, Steve Jobs hire you? Steve Jobs himself is the evangelist, right? He said he needed somebody in, a pure, in the purest of pure sales role. And that's really what evangelism is. I'm like, I, I can connect like purest sales role. Like you're an evangelist. He's like, yeah, because I can go and talk about the problem with all my passion, all my heart without a quota on my back. Hmm. So my job is to purely help people win, purely help people get on the other side of this thing, whatever that thing is, to purely help them. Like that is all I want to do. So when you go to people with that level of passion and heart, people start to trust you more. And when they're needing, they're gonna go and look for your product. So if your company is decent enough to make a decent product, and if you become the person who is all into the problem, all into frameworks, all into ideas for them to win, to get promoted, 
then people are going to trust you more. So I think evangelism is a way to create bigger trust, bigger brand yeah. than any one thing that you possibly can do, especially as a startup. One of the things that I've seen and personally experienced uh, just in trying to, like I'm, I'm thinking in my mind about if I was to go just focus on account-based marketing and scrap the things that are anti that, right? Because you're going to have to kill some things to, to focus on that. Or so, time, yeah. um, um, so if I was to do that, one of the things that I've, I've struggled with personally and I've seen other people do is actually build or commit to the list. Like, what are the 10? Yeah. Give us some, like, how do you, how do you help people get there? It's like, no, but I want all hundred of these, you know, what, exactly. what, are we, what are the questions we should be asking ourselves? Oh, great, great. All right, I'll tell you the two times we tried it failed. And when, so nobody should try this because that's a sure way to fail. Great question. First time we said, we are marketing. We know what to do. We came up with the list fail because sales did not trust us. Sales says you don't really know how and who we really want to go after. 100% fail. Then we said, okay, fine. Sales knows what they're doing. They should come up with the list. Failed again because sales came up with these uh, like unrealistic names that clearly we cannot sell to them and they, they, we don't have the product capability. Great logos if, these, if you're able to do it, but it's just we, we just don't have that level of sophistication yet. So finally, the best way to do that was marketing and sales, locking themselves in a room and really going through like, all right, let's just find the first 50 accounts and we're going to all validate it. So both marketing and sales bought into it. Now both, this is our list, a team list that we came up with. Let's now go after this. Now you, now everybody's bought into it. Now everybody wants to win, everybody's supporting. So I'm so glad you asked that because that is the number one reason I've seen people fail is when they say, well, marketing will come up because it's called account-based marketing. No, not a single company, not a single company I've seen being successful when they only had marketing run the whole process. Without sales marketing, again, I feel like should be fine. Well, and they get siloed up too, right? Because when we when we look, you know, for, for not every company, but most companies, right? Well, fundamentally, what do we need marketing to do? Create a lead. Okay, great. You produce the lead. What do you do with that lead? Well, we're done. Give it to sales, right? And then sales like, well, this is a crappy lead, right? Right. And so I like your your point about how they truly it's, it's a hand in glove relationship right sales and marketing and by bringing them together and creating that community right and because they're forging steel together and building the criteria for that list that's how you get buy-in so are there any good universal criteria that we should be thinking through when we get the sales and marketing teams together what what's the criteria well, you know, the best place to start is actually not finding net new accounts if you're doing account-based marketing. And if you want to get credibility, the best place to start that I've seen painfully after three years of thinking that there was another way was actually doing pipeline velocity campaigns. What I mean by that is if, you're a, if you have a sales team, they probably have pipeline. They have deals that they have qualified and said, hey, here are the 50 deals that are in pipeline. That's typically, Chris, to your point, marketing is like, my hands are off. This is not my job. Right. Sales, you got it, right? And, and that's because sales doesn't want marketing to screw up their deals. They don't trust marketing. So we all get that. But imagine if you could say, you know what? These are the 50 accounts that's going to help us meet our quota. That, that's what the sales team needs. Marketing, our job is to then create air cover through advertising, through direct mail, and all the personalization we talk. 
imagine if you could help them win. And the reason pipeline velocity is so important is because all of those deals have said, they have raised their hand and said, we're going to buy from you or we're going to buy from your competitor, right? They are in the deal. Their sales team has qualified, so they have put a number in front of them. So now you have so much input. You already probably already know what your deal size is. You already know what your sales cycle looks like. You already know what are we good in this vertical or not. There's so much information on it. I feel like the best place when I, somebody says, hey, where do I start? I, I love the idea of the team framework. Do I go and get 50 new accounts and start there? I would say no. First, build credibility. Help the sales team win. How do I make my sales That's team right. Well, work on the accounts that you can help them close that month, that quarter. Make them a lot of money. As soon as you do that, they will say, I want this to my next account. So the best place to start, I feel, is the pipeline velocity. Increase the velocity of your pipe. And man, you're in a good shape. That's so good because it's a great way to maybe shift from one old paradigm to the new is you're taking the old, putting them into the new and probably seeing those results faster than you will with the new anyway. So it's getting everybody kind of, it's almost a try before you buy, like, let's try it with what we already have in there. Let's see if this air cover actually, you know, produces, get those wins. And oh my goodness, when they called me, they said they saw that ad or they got that flyer or whatever. and, And it just reinforces the whole mentality of the mind shift that they have to make. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a book in the future. <laughs> I did that. What's you have a book? Yeah, I got two books. I I just published my second book on this called ABM is B2B, uh, which is really making the point like account-based marketing two years from now won't be a really a thing. It's it's B2B. That's how marketing and sales should work in businesses. Um so it's on Amazon. If some people want to go check it out, they can definitely do it. That has the team framework, the stories of like Thompson Reuters yeah. and others and all those things. But I, I just love to see companies win because I think that's what we need. And the winning really starts with like small habits and the small habits are things like the pipeline and figuring out which deal where to work. And man, when you start doing that, I've seen marketers getting promoted. There are now over 50,000 jobs in account-based marketing uh, as a new category. There are over like 50 companies, they say they do some. So this is a whole e- ecosystem that has developed in the last wow. few years. I, I just love that. Wow. Sangram, our time's flown by here, but you know, I really, I want to ask you, right, for our, our listeners, especially our entrepreneurial business owners out there, this is something new, right? That, that that's, it's non-traditional. Um, what is your one piece of advice you'd like to share with them? So I, I am beyond flustered when I talk to entrepreneurs and founders and sales leaders. Like I ask this question every time, what is your total addressable market looks like? What is your TAM? And majority of the times I would get blank stares and I would say, they would say, oh, we, our market is like $5 billion. I'm like, no, 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 you're not closing $5 billion this year, are you? No. Great. So what is your total addressable market looks like right now? Like this year, how many deals do you need to close to actually be a winning business? Whatever that, whatever you are, doesn't really matter. $1 million, $5 million, $10 million, doesn't matter. Tell me what it is. And people have no idea. And, and the reason that question I would want people to wrestle with and think about, go and do some whiteboarding on it is because once you figure out, I need to close 
a hundred deals this year. Once you figure that the answer to the question, okay, which hundred deals? Oh, we're really good in this vertical. So, oh, we have hundred companies that we can go after. It actually starts to reduce the stress right. on trying to go after everybody in the marketplace and trying to be for everything to everyone. And, and so the, the core principle of account-based marketing, flip my funnel, and really what I'm talking about is getting focused on this idea of like, figure out who you're going after. And, and once you figure out your total addressable market, you will figure out the right things to do with them. You probably don't need to go after a thousand. Right. You probably just go after a hundred because you just want to close 30. So figure out the 10 and I think you will sleep better. <laughs> we'll, we'll for sure get uh, a link to your book in, in the, in the podcast notes. Um, yeah, pod the the book. Where else can uh, we'll link to the the book, the podcast, uh, Terminus, the software, anything else, anywhere you want to send people today? Well, I'm I'm active. There's I'm only on one social platform, so it makes it easy. I'm only on LinkedIn. Okay. I'm not on Snapchat. So and I post something on LinkedIn every day. Okay. Uh, from the last two years, I've done it. Um, so you can find Sanger Marjorie on, on LinkedIn, and I'll send you the link as well. Perfect. We'll get that in the show notes. Thank you, Sangram. I think you impacted a couple hundred businesses today, and I can't wait to hear the stories. Tractionville, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on this episode uh, and the podcast overall. What you'd like us to discuss, hear about, bring in, uh, learn about this podcast is for you, the community, because we do have a community because we're not a commodity. That's right. Right. We're learning already. We'll see you back here next week for Tractionville Tuesday.